Okay. All right, here we go. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason. I'm Laura. And welcome to Come Back a Star, a movie award saloon. Yeah, uh, betrayal, comedy, romance, it's all here, baby. We are watching every Best Picture winner and nominee from 1927 onwards, and this episode is number 038, She Done Him Wrong. He was her man, but he done her wrong, but she done him wrong, so a little bit of yeah. lyric, lyric error there, but that's okay. Let's uh, let's uh, explore who she did wrong, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit unclear on that. We'll get into it in a moment here. Sounds like she did a lot of dudes wrong, which, you know, good for her. Yeah, I guess so. She got diamonds out of it. Yeah, I mean, what more can you ask? So before we get too much further, we should probably explain what we do here. We review the plot of this movie, and then we will rate it on different categories. And then after we've rated it on several different categories, we will get it the chance to get some bonus points on yet more categories. There's uh, yep. a lot of categories. There are a lot of categories. It is a very, um, you know, detail-oriented podcast, and... Uh, if you like to see uh, your favorite movies uh, cut down into uh, nice little categories, this is the nice little obsessive place you want to be. Yeah, that's a that's a good way, good positive outlook on yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good positive spin on our insanity. <laughs> All right, so she done him wrong. Our first Mae West. I think it probably will be our last. I don't know if anything else she did was nominated, but uh, oh really. I uh, this isn't her last Cary Grant movie. I didn't know that. I thought it was just the one, but um, I'm No Angel, I guess, also stars him. So she she claimed she discovered him, but you know he'd been in a few movies before this. But she did she did select him. So oh, she really? had she had a good eye. I mean, yeah, Mae West was a uh, creative powerhouse because uh, yeah, she wrote this. She probably had a lot to do with the uh, producing and the directing and the framing of it. So accomplished lady oh that's really cool Very i didn't realize that she had written it and everything oh yeah she wrote a lot of plays in fact she went to jail for one of them uh oh really yeah uh in a play called sex uh she was well that's pretty straightforward it's pretty straightforward and she was arrested for public indecency and uh from what i've read uh she could have just paid a fine and not gone to jail but because she was a savvy businesswoman she knew the publicity an actual jail stint would do so she spent like 10 or 11 days in the slammer but was given very good treatment apparently she like dined with the warden and his wife and got to wear like silk stockings uh. and everything so uh yeah she uh she also got in trouble for writing a play about uh, homosexuals. And uh -oh. yeah, uh, it, she was she's a strange uh, I'm, I'm reading a Cary Grant biography right now. And she and he said in it that she was actually like the most prudish woman he'd ever met. Oh, really? And so she had very kind of like, oh, that's progressive. Well, so she was very much like, uh, you know, gay people should have rights. They should not have to, like, you know, live under this oppressive society. But also they should keep it private and gay men are uh, have women's souls. And so all kinds of things that huh. are probably not quite what we consider today progressive attitudes. But, um, you know, at least she wasn't a woman who kept anything, uh, anything back. Uh, definitely not, I guess. Um, so that gives us a little context for me. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I, I just thought she was an actress. Nope. I, I honestly didn't know all this. She. Uh, 
one of the most fascinating characters in Hollywood history. Uh, shall I take a take a take it away with a summary? Yeah, let's hear the summary. Adapted from her Broadway play Diamond Lil, She Down Him Wrong stars are Mae West as Lady Lou, a confident and scandalous saloon singer in the 1890s. Uh, and they make sure to emphasize that it's the 1890s by saying having a title that says so in the beginning and showing giving us kind of a preview by showing the streets outside the saloon. Right. You a know, lot of horsies. A lot of horsies. <laughs> uh, a guy uh, like a street sweeper who kind of like shrugs, giving up. What are you going to do? Look to the camera, implying that, yay, he gets to shovel horse dung. Yeah. So how times have changed. Some some inappropriate uh, stereotypes, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, um, there is a Jewish character who's very minor who appears throughout, who's not probably portrayed in the best light. No, but. What are you gonna do? It's the eighteen nineties. Yeah, maybe they were trying to pull that off again. Even back then, they were trying to say like, "Well, it was back in those days." Back in those days, when uh, Jews were just comical stereotypes. It's only recently that they've become, you know, human beings. It's terrible. <laughs> it's very, very um, Game of Thrones. Oh. But that's how they that's how they did things back in fantasy back times. In fantasy times. Oh man, can you imagine Mae West as Daenerys? <gasps> That'd be pretty funny. That actually. would be. That'd be. Hi, John Snow. Come up, see me sometime up on this dragon. See? Oh my <laughs> god. Oh, I love you, Amelia Clark. But oh my god, what I would give. Anyway, the saloon Lil or Lou. Yeah, they did change her name from Broadway to the to the silver screen. She is Lou, not Lil. The saloon Lou sings in belongs to Gus Jordan, played by our Wallace Beery's older brother Noah, who keeps her as his mistress. In order to continue plying her with her signature diamonds, Gus works with a shady Russian Rita, played by Rafaela Otiano, to recruit girls for nefarious side businesses, which probably include involuntary sex work. But yeah. And it also implies that they make them steal, so it's kind of also like a like they're um, in Oliver Twist orphans. Oh, um, no. One girl who is recruited is the Desperate Sally, played by Rochelle Hudson, who earlier attempted suicide at the saloon, but was taken in by Lou. So it's like she was done wrong by some man. And I assume that meant she was pregnant, but I guess not because she's then it's never really brought up. Yeah, again. she I think she was just heartbroken. And so she decides to wander into a saloon to kill herself. Yeah, I mean, haven't we all been at that kind of low? And she was saving the nick of time by Spider. Spider, a very interesting character. A very interesting character who we really don't get to delve into his background. He's basically Lou's, he's listed in, on Wikipedia as her bodyguard. Yeah. He's very devoted to her. We don't know if it's because he's in love or, I mean, everyone is in love with Lou. I mean, Mae West did write this. I I got the feeling that he wasn't, though. Yeah, I think he's just like a big old, like, faithful hound of a guy. And yeah. uh, so but so he knows to uh, take poor little Sally, played by squeaky voiced uh, Rochelle Hudson, uh, into Lou, who takes very good care of her, um, but also thinks nothing of fobbing her off on uh, Gus and Rita without really thinking about what kind of work she might be recruited into, which is a bit unrealistically naive for someone who's as... Uh, no, you know, world weary as uh, Lou is presented. Yeah, as, as savvy as Lou is. I kind of thought that she believed that, oh, yeah, she's going to get a job as like one of the chorus girls or something right, like that. Because that's, yeah, now that you're taking, do you know how to dance? Do you know how to sing? I'll teach you. Wink, wink. And Lou's just like, okay, I guess that's what they're doing. But yeah. Yeah. 
that's uh, that's unfortunate. And yeah, so Lou knows nothing of the kind of work Sally's getting into mm-hmm. and doesn't know about the nefarious goings on, uh, allegedly. Yeah, Lou kind of strikes you as the type who's like, well, I'm comfortable, so I'm not going to think too hard about how mm-hmm. this all works. And next door to the saloon is a mission run by the handsome and virtuous Captain Cummings. Captain of what? We're not sure. He shows up in a uniform, but he's not a cop. He he just kind of looks like one. And he's called Captain. I think that just must might have been what they called people who ran missions back then. I don't know. Yeah. But who's he played by, Jason? He's played by uh, a guy you might have heard of before named Cary Grant. That's kind of the skinny British dude. I don't know if he really has much of a career ahead of him. <laughs> he plays it not very Cary Grant-esque because I think you pointed out that it was not maybe like the most perfect casting for for his strengths. No, I mean, this was very early in his career before he'd really found his persona. Um, he really hadn't had a movie to showcase his persona yet. So he's, right. I mean, he's definitely got a little something to him, I think. Um, I think because of his delivery is just a little different from like your typical wooden kind mm-hmm. of handsome leading man. But you really wouldn't think too much of him if you didn't know that was Cary Grant. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit bland. A little bit bland. But that's the character, not him. I mean, it's kind of refreshing for once to see like a woman write like a handsome, bland character for her to project onto since we've seen, you know, that reversed so many times throughout history. <laughs> Uh, I guess I guess the tables have turned. The tables have turned, by golly. So uh, Lou is intrigued by this Captain Cummings. And as she's intrigued by him because he's the first man she's met who hasn't thrown himself at her. Uh, because she is very special. She is like a very special lady who every man falls in love with. And if you look at the women who watch her sing in the audience, every woman too. So oh, that's a point. Yeah. So uh, Mae West... Uh, she wasn't shy in um, making herself uh, everybody's dreamboat. I guess we're power to <laughs> <Yeah>. you, eh? <laughs> I guess if you're writing the script, you get to, you get to do, do this setup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and everyone likes her and thinks that she acts and sings and dances really well. Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> I love She was in her well into her 40s at this point, too. So I am just all oh, for great. it. I'm all for it, May. So... It's it isn't only her relationship with Gus that complicates things. Uh, there is also an ominous figure of Chick. Again, another I was mobster just about named to Chick. Say, yeah, like this is like the third or fourth Chick we've had. It was apparently a really popular name back then, but did not stand the test of time. Yeah, I guess so. I want hmm, trying to think of like the origins, like like a baby bird. Like a little baby bird. That's what you name a tough gangster. I mean, I think it's short for Charles. It's another nickname for Charles. But oh, okay. That makes much more sense. A little bit. I mean, my dad's name is Charles and we call him Chuck. And that makes about as much sense as Chick. So why not? <laughs> and uh, Chick is played by Owen Moore. Uh, and he is her lover in prison. I mean, we've all got one, right? Right? Yeah. And uh, it's... It's hilarious to uh, to see them go to prison when he goes to or she goes to visit him. She encounters like half a dozen other guys who she's dated or had dalliances with. So and she wisecracks at all of them. Just yeah, 
so heartless. It's beautiful. Even even in prison, she is the uh, the prettiest and uh, the most popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be? And speaking of that meeting, uh, after urging from her faithful bodyguard, Spider, played by Dewey Robinson, uh, Lou goes to visit Chick in prison. Just seeing Lou again is enough to drive Chick to escape, determined to reunite with Lou. And she says that she still loves him, but it's really half-hearted and kind of like, yeah, he's great. Well, it's pretty hilarious because when Spider brings her uh, him up to her, you can tell she's like, oh, I kind of forgot he existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really do. It's just like, oh, so this she. OK, so she has someone she was going steady with or something. I, I don't know. I mean, I think he thought they were going steady, but I think, you know, Lou kind of just floats from man to man and doesn't think much of it. I think I think Lou has a relationship with the diamonds rather than with actual individual men. They are her best friend. I guess that's a point. Uh, she wasn't a big fan of Marilyn Monroe when she came out. I think there was a little jealousy. Oh no! Who would have? Who, who would have foreseen? <laughs> so Chick tracks her down at her uh, in into her suite at the saloon, and is angered by her indifference to him. Speaking of, uh, speaking of her kind of attitude towards him in jail like spider really had to like prod her into going and she was able to kind of muster up the act of oh i still love you chick but when he corners her in her own space she's like oh for god's sake it just kind of drops the act it's like i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> i'm busy i got got things to do i gotta make a living man out of here oh yeah because she's like kind of on call at that point for the saloon <laughs> yeah like she's a singer let her do her thing uh, so when uh, when she kind of rejects him, he attempts to strangle her and finds that he can't. He just Thank loves goodness. her too much. Yeah, he just starts strangling her. You know, as one does. I wonder how he got to prison. Yeah, right. Uh, he finds that he can't and extracting from her a promise to meet him later, he leaves. And we're also sad to see him go. Yeah, he shows up for very little of the movie. No. I mean, this whole movie kind of has the pacing and continuity of a Marx Brothers movie. Like, plot is kind of second to just the the action, the movement, mm -hmm. and everything. So it was hard to kind of pin down the plot points to this, because it's, it's hard to remember the chronology. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a weak point is just kind of having it flow properly. Yeah. And it's more about the persona of Lou. Yes, absolutely. Like, she's an interesting character, and you like seeing her in these different situations, but the actual situations themselves are barely connected to each other. Right, right. That's a very good point. Yeah, it really is more just of a character piece of a character that has stuff happen to her than yeah. rather than, like, a character in a, in a plot where things happen. That's, that's the summary. There's Lou, she's cool, and then some things happen to her. The, the end. end. The end. Okay, so Lou, on top of Owen, on top of Gus, or on top of Chick, on top of Gus, on top of her her flirtation with uh, Captain Cary Grant, she also has to contend with the advances of one Dan Flynn, played by David Landau. I'm I was it wasn't too clear about like who exactly he was, but Wikipedia, once again our savior, lists him as just a rival of Gus's. I think he must like have a rival saloon. 
rival saloon or some sort of criminal enterprise because he's the one who sent chick up the river oh he is see i missed that i think yeah oh yeah yeah it's definitely him okay flynn so there's extra danger with that because chick and flynn aren't on good terms oh dear so he's a rival of gus's who like everyone else is infatuated with lou he tells her Gus is in a shady business with Rita and that if Lou doesn't give in to him, Flynn will turn her over to the Hawk, a legendary federal agent that's working on the case. Ah, the Federales. Yes. Uh, even back in the 1890s, they were hot on the case. Which is a little bit strange. When was Prohibition started? That was, I want to say the 19, 1920 or around there. Yeah, it wasn't for very long. and. So we're talking about a pre, well, it's definitely a pre-Prohibition era because you see just people walking around with buckets of beer. Yeah. Which is fantastic. I mean, sometimes progress isn't always a good thing. (laughs) Right? Uh, So it wasn't what you would usually expect in a 1930s movie, which is, oh, it's Prohibition era. So clearly the federal agent is going to be there to check on your booze and gambling and whatnot. He just seems to be around good old hawk but we don't know who he is yet who is the hawk i i guessed it but i, I had seen the movie years before and just kind of remembered <laughs> <laughs> rita's boyfriend sarita the uh russian female pimp uh from the beginning she has a very sexy russian boyfriend named sergey you were delighted by his uh walking stick that has the head of a like, like italian greyhound right yeah that's pretty cool he later comes on to Lou with Rita catching him in the act. Cat fight time. Lou tells Sergei to beat it and gets in an actual fight with Rita, who tries to stab her. Instead, Rita herself is stabbed to death in the struggle. Lou is actually shaken by this, but still has the wherewithal to leave the cleanup despite her. Yeah, that <laughs> was such a weird interlude. Dark turn, because nothing really comes of it. And let me say the fight choreography did not convince me that this person was dead. No, or that like it looked like she was maybe nicked by the knife. But I mean, you know, Rita's lived a rough life. Maybe her skin is just now is like thin like paper and get and you. Yeah, but she wasn't even like it took her an instant to die. It was a very Shakespearean death where it's like, you tap me with a knife. I am dead now and I'll flop on the floor completely dead. Completely dead. And so, you know, Lou shrugs it off as she does. Yeah. And she also doesn't have a very strong reaction to this death. I mean, she's worried. She's like, oh, shoot. What (laughs) are you going to do? I wonder how many people Lou's killed. (laughs) Right? (laughs) How many of these messes has Spider needed to clean up? (laughs) Right? Oh, Lou, the Eileen Vornos of the 1890s. You know why they call him Spider. It's because he eats the victims. I knew it. I knew he, it. He just spins them up in a little web this could, and, and eats them slowly. I really want the Lovecraftian sort of remake of She Done It Wrong. <laughs> she Done Him Wrong because, you know, the kill wasn't so fresh when he got to her. Yeah, he needs a fresh, you know, fresh blood for his little fangs. Okay. Well, so that happens. That's another thing that happens in the movie. <laughs> Someone straight up gets murdered and Lou leaves the cleanup to her bodyguard. You know. Yeah, no one asks where Rita is for the rest of the movie, which granted is not that much longer, but yeah, no, no, no one questions this. No. 
the movie kind of forgets it happens. <laughs> Were there scenes cut from the Broadway show? Oh, oh yes, because actually this movie helped kick off the production code. So I have a feeling it was chopped to bits by censors. Oh, man. I know. Well, I mean, I guess they they still got nominated for Best Picture. Again, only Oscar nomination. We see a lot of that in these early films where, like, this will be the only nomination will be for Best Picture. Very rare these days. Absolutely. So when Lou goes on stage to sing Frankie and Johnny, uh, that's the name of the song, not not sing to Frankie or Johnny. No, which they, they you, do not You assume up. that she probably does have lovers named Frankie and Johnny. Oh, yeah. Probably more than one I for mean, each name. She can't remember all of them. Uh, so when she goes up to sing, an infuriated chick who realizes the truth about Lou returns and goes berserk, shooting Flynn dead. So she doesn't have to worry about Flynn anymore. That's convenient. Right. And I'm not I'm not sure. It's kind of like he sees Flynn, who, you know, he is out to get anyways. But then he also sees her and Flynn kind of like have a moment and like, you know, catch each other's eye. Yeah. And that's when he goes berserk. So I don't know if it's because he was. Getting revenge, getting revenge for getting sent to prison earlier, or if it's because of. Lou, it's, it's always because of Lou, Jason. That's always that's because true. of Lou. There Forgive is me. nothing in this universe but Lou and your love for her. Oh, I guess it's true. Uh, so and then there is a police raid where uh, Gus and Lou are arrested by the hawk. We finally and, get to see who the hawk Who's the hawk? Well, before we go, go on, okay, I was a little bit, uh, I don't know, shaken um surprised by this raid myself because like we said it's not prohibition time so everything that they're doing in the saloon is perfectly legal i think yeah but the thing is though is that gus and rita's side businesses aren't so that's right. what's being that's what's being uh, stamped down on yeah and that's when we get to see uh sally reappear and point the finger at at gus and rita she squeaks oh. like a mouse <laughs> Not not at Rita, because Rita's dead, and I've totally forgotten that because... Yeah, the movie has. Because the movie has. Yeah. Uh, so, the Hawk is none other than Captain Cummings, <gasps> who had recently shown signs of softening towards Lou. And, you know, basically, she, she corners him and uh, tries to, you know, move in for a kiss or something like that, and he, he rebuffs her. But, but you could tell he's tempted because Lou. Yeah. Yeah. He um he's tempted in that completely nameless uniform that he wears. Yeah. He is not as dapper as Grant is in later roles. No, no. It was very confusing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe probably back then that's maybe like a Salvation Army uniform or something I think like so, that yeah. type type deal but even his suit when he reveals himself as uh uh the hawk is pretty unimpressive it's like some bland gray suit with some skinny short tie it's like no tisk 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 come on guys uh so although gus and the rest are taken away in a police wagon cummings takes lou in a horse-drawn carriage he tells her jail is no place for her and slips a new diamond on her finger an engagement ring so everything turns up 
Mae West. Everything does. I mean, God bless her. This is the most self-indulgent uh, vehicle ever. And I salute her for it. Yeah, somehow it's not as obnoxious as a lot of other of the same sort of practices. That, I think it's because it's so tongue in cheek, you know, she doesn't take, true. she doesn't take things seriously, much less herself. I mean, she carries herself very confidently, but also like she's in on the joke, which yeah. is just that this is all ridiculous. So let's just go for it. All right. And that is the plot of the movie, such as it is. Yeah. It's one of our shorter plot summaries, because like we said, it's like a string of, loosely connected stuff yeah um things happen to an interesting character that i guess happened over the course of a couple of days it seems like yes and and at some point she travels all the way to prison yeah she gets around uh this movie actually saved paramount because they needed a hit and even though they knew they'd have, get some into some trouble with the censors, they knew, you know, Mae West had such a notorious reputation from her stage plays. And she had had like a smashing film debut in a very small role. I can't remember the name of the movie, but she has this like immortal line where like she's at this um, nightclub and uh, the hat check girl takes her cape and sees all her diamonds and goes, goodness, what diamonds you have. And she goes, goodness, had nothing to do with it, dearie. And so, uh, you know, every Ah. so she had like this huge reputation coming into like this uh, adaptation of one of her biggest hits. And so, yeah, it was like one of the biggest box office hits of the year and uh, saved Paramount. And in tribute, they have a lot, I guess, to this day uh, that's dedicated to Mae West, like Mae West lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. So good for you, Mae West. I appreciate it. And uh, what what did she continue writing? for uh for the movies or does she kind of stick to broadway or um oh she appeared in quite a few more movies uh in the 30s i don't know if she wrote as much anymore probably because just being in the movie business and being involved in the making of it probably took up more of her time Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah there's i'm no angel with Cary grant later on then uh she and wc fields and they absolutely did not get along made my little chickadee together which is a really good movie um and then she kind of took a long hi- hiatus until like this like the 70s oh really when she kind of she did come go back to the stage and revived uh diamond lil and uh also had like this crazy part in um myra breckenridge uh the hmm. uh kind of this cult movie um written by uh um Gore Vidal about oh wow an early depiction about uh someone getting uh sex change surgery okay. uh where uh, he they go from being Rex Reed as Myron Breckenridge to Raquel Welch as uh Myra Breckenridge and uh she needs an agent to go into show business and that agent is Mae West it was a huge flop when it came out and everyone thinks it's one of the worst movies ever made, but it does have a bit of a cult following. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Yep. So that's that. Should we go into rating it? Yeah. Let's go ahead and rate this puppy. Yeah. Um, so our first category up is acting. How well <laughs> do you think the acting went? Ooh. Wow. That's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know if there's much acting in this movie so much as like, <laughs> 
I guess, inhabiting certain personas. Vamping? Vamping. Vamping. Very much vamping. Um, you know, Rochelle Hudson, bless her little heart, is very, doesn't, you know, she's kind of a squeaky voiced uh, ingenue who doesn't make much of an impression. I can't say I was too impressed by her acting, though she was plenty cute. Yeah, she plays Sally. The, she plays Sally. The, the young lady who tries to kill herself in a saloon for some reason. Exactly. Um <laughs> apparently in the 70s when method acting was going on and they did the revival the actress playing her part uh you know started really trying to get into it when she was talking about the struggles she'd been through and west just would have none of it and went to like like said to the audience what are you getting so excited about honey they're here to see me it's like she wasn't the easiest to come star i don't think oh wow uh but that's trailing away from the question because i don't know how to rate this for acting I mean, oh, okay. I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to match your six because I have nothing, no other idea what to give it. What's your justification, though? My justification for the six is Mae West. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she really brought her her B game. <laughs> her B plus game. Her B plus game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was also just the material that she had written. Mm-hmm. So. What she had to work with is something that she wrote herself, but also just didn't, you know, create such a range for her. It's just kind of like, Hi, I'm Mae West yep. in every situation. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much the same, even after I've stabbed someone, stabbed someone to death. I'm a little shaken, but, you know, shake it off. Uh, And. I think that she overall probably did more of a seven, uh, mm-hmm. seven, eight, I don't know, higher than the rest, which were Rita, who had an inconsistent accent mm-hmm. at best, was uh, a bit much at times. The uh, creepy men were not creepy enough to make that big of an impression. No. Yeah. Like, I mean, when Cary Grant can't make an impression you know that like the casting just wasn't quite working for the dudes right right i mean good on her for you know getting him that part i guess oh yeah but uh yeah that's my justification for a sixer acting kind of on the lower end but not bad i agree so six is for us both okay our next category is writing well, I'm going to be very generous and give it an eight because good for May. And she did sneak in a lot of clever innuendos. I mean, come on, see me sometime is a pretty immortal line. <laughs> so good for her. Let's see an eight. Um, it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. Gosh. I, I have a hard time trying to because she does a good job at creating this character through mm-hmm. through her acting and through the writing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it is all about this character. But at the same time, like nothing's connected to anything. Mm-mm. So a uh, lot of great lines. I'm going to have to give it another six, though. I mean, there is. Problems with the plot. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel kind of bad doing that because I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Well, I mean, I'm I'm compensating by being over generous. 
just because it tickles <laughs> me pink that a woman was so unafraid to play the more aggressively sexual role than any of them. Oh, men. sure. And uh, she did get some good lines in. So I feel like we balance each other out here. Okay, dog. Yeah. So up next is cinematography. Did not even notice it. <laughs> Which, you know, sometimes is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's good to like know its place. Um, the crowd scenes were pretty good. Yeah, the crowd scenes were good. There was some, you know, there was a bit of a staginess to it because it, you know, the majority of the action took place in the saloon. But they still managed some impressive shots of the stage and the and and the stairs, like the shot of like Chick, like shooting from there. So I'll give it a I'll give it a, a six, I guess. Uh, a six? Yeah. Serviceable. I think I will go ahead. Let's see. I'll give it a seven. Give it a solid C. A solid C? Yeah. <laughs> Why exactly? I'm not entirely sure, but I, I don't know. It, uh, it was serviceable. It worked out well. Um, and I did like the crowd shots when they're establishing that it's the 1890s. Mm -hmm. I liked the scenes of the, uh, the old women coming up to get their giant buckets of beer. I love those old women. This was a very like female friendly movie i mean that with the exception of rita um who i was kind of disappointed that she flips out over sergey because she struck me as such like a savvy businesswoman that i assumed she'd be like well yeah this guy is of course gonna fool around on me but um yeah all the women just get along and are as body as the guys i love it yeah i appreciate that and then we come to our final round is overall how well does the acting, writing, and cinematography come together to form an overall product? Mae West just leaves you with a good feeling. So even though the movie is a mess in a lot of ways, I'm going to say seven. Seven? Yeah. I might surprise you. <gasps> and I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight. All right. Good because, for you. Which is considerably higher than the other cat than the actual like categories that I was giving it, because I do feel like the movie is considerably greater than the sum of its parts exactly exactly hey, i'm gonna do that thing uh my sister hates and your wife hates because she's the same person you changed my mind give it an eight another eight so double eights and so like let's see that puts them at a um at a 55 going into the bonus rounds which is not the greatest score no um not the worst, mm -mm. but um, let's see. That puts them around uh, Aerosmith and State Fair around those levels, just going into the bonus rounds. I was just um, thinking how this is like the opposite vibes of State Fair. It is funny to follow up that wholesome uh, movie with this. So. <laughs> It has already, without any bonus points, however, beaten uh, Cimarron, One Hour With You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder if Mae West and Maurice Chevalier were in anything together. They would have been great together, I think. I can see that. Yeah, should look it up. But uh, so let's see how much it can pick up on these bonus points. I think it might pick up a bit. Let's talk about the costumes and sets. Okay, I'm gonna have to give it a five just on West alone. Just ah. on the diamonds alone. 
That's true. She's there were a lot of impressive diamonds. Covered in diamonds. And, you know, impressive sets, too, with the saloon. Yeah. And, you know, there were other good costumes throughout, except for except for Grant. Oh, I am tempted to bump it down to a four because they did not uh, dress Grant very well. But Kind of like an ice cream man. Yeah, kind of like an ice cream man. But, you know, it was West's movie. So, yeah, keep it out of five. You're going to keep it out of five? I, I will give it the four. How about okay, that? that's good. That's good. Okay, our next category for bonus points. I think she might do pretty well here with boldness. <laughs> I mean, I think, unfortunately, and I've said this again and again, there is a bolder mover movie there if it hadn't been for the code. But still, I think it, you got to give it a five. I mean, just people were not used to sexually aggressive women in movies, at least not sexually aggressive women who weren't punished for it. Right, right. And uh, yeah, actually, she's rewarded and gets everything she wants. She gets at the everything end. she wants. And so this is for all those poor fallen women in movies who get buff kiss. Good for you, West. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm also going to give her a five. Um, I'm also just referring to the movie as her. Yeah, because it is Mae West. It is Mae West. Uh, <laughs> it's a Mae West shaped movie. And uh, yeah, the whole thing was pretty bold in terms of. Uh, sexuality and politics and things like that and it works out really well mm -hmm. um i think that was a gamble that paid off i agree and our next category up is legacy i'm gonna give it another five another five yeah i mean justify because you know better than i do uh it saved paramount oh yeah that's a <laughs> that's a big it's one it's a big one um and I think it was, the you know, like I said, Mae West had appeared in a few movies in like bit parts, but this was the first one to be all out Mae West. And I mean, she's still one of those figures that looms large in film history. So I think she done him wrong is the one that started it all. Excellent. I'm going to match your five because saving Paramount Pictures, which is still around today. Yeah. And there's some. There are some studios that we're seeing in these early lists that are not. That are not. Yeah. Uh, I think Mae West and the Marx Brothers really did a lot for that. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, the Marx Brothers ditched Paramount for MGM and their movies went down the toilet in consequence. But for God's sakes, Jason, stop trying to turn this into a Marx Brothers podcast. <laughs> we always do. We always do. It always comes back to them. I mean, it's we should have a Marx. We should like go through every Marx Brothers movie and review it because it's a shame that they were never nominated. Yeah, it really was. It is. Yeah. Okay, and uh, next category is longevity. How well does this movie stand up? Oh man, oh that's a good question. I mean, I think a lot of modern audiences would be kind of frustrated by the lack of plot and the and the how kind of muddled it is. But I can't see anyone not being delighted by West. I mean, I think anyone could appreciate like what she was doing for uh, uh, just the persona that women could begin to bring to movies that were bolder and saucier. So I'll give it a four. A four? Yeah. Uh, that's what I just wrote down for myself. Perfect. So excellent. Um, and let's see, our last category is technical. Um, good. It was, I guess I'll give it like a, a, a three. A three? Yeah. Um, you know, they 
captured her singing and everything really well. I mean, I, again, it's 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 all about Mae West, and she's her own technical achievement. They sewed her into those gowns. <laughs> There's that too. Um, although it might be a little bit more, more costumes. costumes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Gosh, what do I want to give her? Um, there just wasn't that much technical about it. Um, the I don't know, for some reason, I want to put the stage fighting into technical. I don't know why. Um, some of the shots were probably pretty impressive to set up. Um, again, any crowd scene is mm-hmm. is not the easiest thing to shoot. Right. Um, I'm going to give it two points. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It did come off a little stagey at times, but I feel like it's so hard and people still struggle with it today in filming something that was a play. There is going to always be a little bit of staginess left over. And they, they get around it pretty well here. All right. And the bonus points took it pretty far from a 55 to a total of 97. Holy cats. Good job. She done them wrong. Which uh, puts it in uh, slightly ahead of Bad Girl. What? That's crazy. Okay. And The Champ. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's kind of weird. It is. What what did we do to the champ? I don't know. I mean, it got very low on the bonus. I guess, yeah, round. probably. And this did much better, I think, in the bonus rounds than it did in the other yep regular category. Definitely just carried by Mae West too. I mean, it was carried away by her. She's she's the bonus round. Absolutely. All right, and then of course our final decision is whether or not we will nominate this for a Notsker, the very own of this podcast, the Movie Award podcast, Movie Award for Movies, the Notsker. I think I'm going to make a lot of people angry here, especially after we've been praising it so much, but I'm going to say no. Say no? Yeah, I just, it reminds me a little bit of why we gave it a no to Shanghai Express, in that it's a great vehicle for one person, but without that one person, you don't really have much of anything. It is not a good movie on its own. It needs Mae West. Without Mae West, it's nothing. Yeah, without Mae West, it's it would have been one of the worst movies ever because it like nothing really strings together. Mm-hmm. There are some rather unfortunate stereotypes. Yeah. For both Jewish people and black people. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really go into that because to the maybe. Maid. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, it would be nice if every movie could bring the surprising sensitivity of like Aerosmith, but that's just not what we're going to see. And I do blame the code for that. I think the code was deeply racist. They didn't want to risk upsetting, you know, racists because racists tend to be rich and go to the movies and they don't want to see a doctor. That's black. They want to right. see a funny, humorous maid who fulfills all these stereotypes. Oof. And so I think, unfortunately, we're going to see just more and more of that until like probably the 60s, unfortunately. Yeah, it was it was pretty cringy. Yeah. Um, but and you know what? I'm deducting a point from Mae West as a person. I feel for letting like, that go. Yeah, she should have, you know. I mean, we don't know what happened behind the scenes, but she wrote the play. She wrote the part. She should have known better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm just, you know, it's like, I just can't. 
endorse a nomination for a movie that is just a vehicle for one person. It has to bring more to the table than that for me. I I have great affection for this movie. I have great affection for Mae West in a lot of ways, but I just can't give it a nom. What say you, though? I'm going to go ahead and say no um, for a lot of the same reasons. I feel like it was just too disjointed. It was... At points, it was a fun movie. Oh, yeah. The the character that Mae West plays is very interesting. A lot of the side characters were pretty dull and uninteresting. Right. Um, but they're just kind of there to prop her up. <laughs> no, exactly. But that's not that's not a complete movie. That's no. a complete character study. Yeah. But it's not a complete movie. No. And I feel like it could have even been better for her, too. Like, I feel like in a better hands. Like, I haven't even I have to look his name up again because I have never heard of him. The um, I think it was uh, Josh Lowell was the name of the director. It's like the director hasn't even come up in our discussion of this movie. So that kind of gives you it, the uh, illustrates that this was. This was all about Mae West and everything else just was kind of. I wonder, I wonder how much creative control she gave to Josh. <laughs> um, if that was even his name, where did. Oh, Lowell Sherman. I was totally wrong. Lowell Sherman. I. Oh, yeah, I did look him up. He was also an actor. Um, but. He did, I guess, just direct every once in a while. So I think he was he wasn't so much as, of a director as he was an actor. Um, uh-huh. So that might have been why it resulted in being more about a character than the movie it's true i mean that's fine but i just don't want to nominate it yeah we don't know what the code took out either so it's frustrating you it does feel like it was almost kind of like a um spark notes of the of the broadway play probably I can see that. Yeah. Oh, and it was also incredibly short, too. We forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. Like, it was 63 minutes long. So my guess is that they probably shot an hour and a half and, <laughs> and ended up with an hour. Yeah, a lot of that ended up swept away from the cutting floor. Yeah. But fun movie. Recommended. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but uh, limited. Yeah. Main West <laughs> was like sexual revolution in one person. But I do wish the movie for white ladies anyway, for white ladies. Good point. Good point. I wish she had been able to maybe be a bit more generous with like her portrayal of, you know, Jewish and black folks. Um, But that's not what we have. And so I can't really in good conscience give it conscience, give it a good give it our not screw But you know what? Mae West doesn't need that. She doesn't need our approval. I guess so. Anyway, so I think that's our episode. If you would like to contact us on Twitter, we're at ComebackAStar. And if you want to write us an email and tell us um, in all the ways how we are wrong yep. or or right, we also appreciate, you know, positive feedback, too. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and send us an email at ComebackAStarPodcast at gmail.com. Do it. And uh, if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, that is always a big help Be to lovely. promote the promote. Promote promote is the word i'm looking for promote the uh, podcast it's always great and also uh word of mouth is really fantastic if you've enjoyed this and you want to share it with other people go ahead and say hey check out this podcast um hey, come up and are... share us sometime <laughs> there we Maybe go yeah. 
Yeah, That's there you go. You gotta say it like that, though. Yeah. To your friends. Gotta come up and share us sometimes. That's Do you like my diamonds? Yeah, they're kind of heavy. All right, everyone. I'm going to draw the curtains now. I'm going to turn off the projector and sign off. See you next time, folks. Later. Later.